Amen. Well, I know it's uh, one thing that's real important in our lives walking with the Lord um, is taking at the right time, is taking steps of faith in doing things. And anyone, I really believe anyone who walks with the Lord long enough and you're paying attention to Him, you will encounter times where you have to step out and there's nothing natural to hold you up. There's no natural reason to do what you're going to do, but it's, a, it's why it's called a step of faith. It's like Peter stepping out of the boat onto the water solely upon the words that Jesus spoke when he said, come. And he said, okay, I'm coming. And I believe the Lord says to us at times, come on, go ahead and step out. Go ahead and take that step. And when we do, see, these are real important times you don't just make these times up. You don't just step out of the boat just because you want to. You step out of the boat because the master says, come. Huh? And so you don't want to take this out of context. But uh, it's real important that when the master does say, say when, he does says, when he does say, come. <laughs> I'm working on it here. When he does say, come, that we see, this is my chance right here. This is my opportunity to step into that miraculous realm. This is my opportunity to step into something that, man, I can't do on my own. My flesh can't make this happen. And, and I know at, at, at you know, various times throughout my life and, 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 and in ministry and everything, there's times when I have to take a step. And when it's the right time, and there can be an excitement. It's definitely not boring, <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> but when you take a step of faith, that's when we operate in a, in a realm beyond the natural realm. Very important. And, and, and one thing that rose up in my heart, and I believe it's for now, is, 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 is what I'm saying, okay? But that even some of these things are like, uh, this is the phrase that come up in my heart, like trigger points. It when you take a certain step, you, and it's a step of obedience, but it's a step of faith, okay? They really go hand in hand, but it's a trigger point that releases um, a person into a new, uh, new opportunities. And of course, whenever there's a new opportunity, there's new resources and new power to go, that goes with that to help you accomplish what, what, uh, what it is that the Lord wants you to do. Amen. And I just want to encourage everybody to, uh, and I, I, I'm really, I really believe that for some, that steps have been made already. You have taken that step of faith, and because of that, you're being, you're being uh, afforded more resources from heaven. Increase. You know, the Lord rewards faithfulness, and I can't think of anything more faithful than stepping out of your comfort zone when the Lord says it's time to go, stepping out. Man, that's faithful to his word. That's faithful and obedience, and don't think there aren't, there aren't rewards for that, and there's not provision and supply to support you in that step and in that place. Praise God. And think, I, I really believe that things have already been released on some, some people on their behalf. They've been released for you, and you'll start walking in a new realm. Amen? Start walking in a higher place, in, 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 in some in a greater gifting, and, uh, and, and there'll, be, uh, there'll be more stuff happening. Praise the Lord. Amen. The Lord is good. Let's take steps of faith. Yay. Yay. Listen to, listen to the Lord. I could give examples, but I kind of want to leave it. So I, 
You know, sometimes you give examples and then everyone turns and they go, oh, that's what he's talking about. Well, sometimes it's different for, for, for different people. And those steps can be something that uh, I'm not even aware of in you. And, uh, and, and, and some of you obviously know if you've uh, gone down a certain path already, you've already taken some steps and done some things, then, uh, well, then that, that part of it's done. What should you do now? And expect expect man things are i believe they're already turning around you know this though sometimes many times things uh, start moving in the spirit before they move in the natural realm things start happening what do you mean in the spirit i mean the angelic host is is at work and moving on people and circumstances bringing things together and then when we actually see it we think oh god just did it well well kind of but god did it before we saw anything and sometimes it was all being set up behind the scenes and then the circumstances came around and then we saw it amen well if you've got your bible tonight go to john chapter 14 john 14 let's go ahead and pray father in the name of jesus thank you tonight for being with us for being on our side thank you that the greater one who lives in us is greater than he who is against us and he who's in the world and father we look to you tonight and ask you for eyes to see and ears to hear may revelation understanding may the veil be pulled back so we can all clearly see and understand you and your ways so we can walk just as jesus walked on the earth and lord we want to experience the glory of god the glory of your name Lord, be glorified in all we do, in Jesus' name, amen. John 14, 21, reading here again, we've been talking to you about the glory of God. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. When it says manifest there, it's, it simply means to reveal. The Lord will reveal himself to us. It also means that uh, he, he, he will make himself be clearly seen by us and be made real to us. The Lord is real. The Lord is um, all that he is ever going to be because he's all in all. But at the same time, he needs to be all in all to me. He is who he is to the person who doesn't even know him. He's still God, but he needs to become God to that person. He needs to become Lord to that person. Jesus is the healer. How I many know that's true? That's just a nature of who, of who he is, okay? You know, we can look at the, uh, the names of God that revealed to us in the Old Testament, you know, and uh, El Shaddai, meaning, you know, God who's more than enough, but some of the redemptive names that we refer, refer to as, you know, like Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah uh, Shalom, and all these. Uh, well, the Lord is those things. He is peace. He is there. He is our victory. He is our provider. Uh, but he needs to become that to us. And this is where seeing him clearly and understanding him without any kind of uh, hindrance in the way will help me to walk in peace and provision and healing and all and his divine presence, him being here. Uh, all those things become a reality in my life when I'm able to clearly see who he is, all right? And so this is one of the things that we're after. Uh, I love experiences with God, yet I don't base my life upon 
an experience with him that I have to feel something every day and if I don't see something or have some kind of woo you know uh, th then I'm not really gonna uh, you know walk closely with the Lord that day no we base our lives upon him based on what is revealed to us out of his word but this is something that every Christian ought to continually pursue I want to understand him more I want to know the word more and know the Lord more through his word. Not because it relates to my salvation. Not because it, his love for me is contingent upon anything that I do. But I know he loves me. I know I'm saved. And I desire to have a deeper walk with him. A closer uh, and a deeper understanding of his ways. And yes, I want to see some things. Come on now. I, I want to see things in here. But I know God reveals himself out here. Listen to me now. If we can talk about divine healing, for example, all day long. And we could talk about scripture after scripture. But if I don't ever see any, any divine healing, I'm talking about with my physical eye. I think there's something wrong with that. Because that's not the example Jesus left for us. It's not the example from his ministry of, you know, about three and a half years on the earth where he walked around and talked about stuff and taught and preached and never had any kind of display. I don't think he would have had the kind of results that he had. The, he wouldn't have had the impact on people's hearts if it weren't for the dramatic power that was released through his ministry. That he actually saw things. And we today are to expect to see things. I heard of a, of a woman recently who was uh, just recently born again. And she gave her life to the Lord, was saved. And a person who ministered to, to her said to her something to the effect of, now you should uh, begin to expect the miraculous to happen in your life. You'll pray for people and they'll be healed and, uh, and you'll have this, uh, you should begin to expect that because now you're a Christian. Because that's normal for Christianity, supposed to be. And this woman uh, started doing exactly that and didn't know hardly anything about the Bible. In other words, didn't have any scriptures to back it up. <laughs> she just took the word of the person who led her to the Lord and she began to expect the miraculous. She began to go around laying hands on the sick. And people were getting healed right and left. Just all over the place. She got a reputation real quick. She'll get you, she'll, she'll get you healed. Brand new, spanking new baby believer. Have no depth of knowledge of the word. Okay? And that's not what our goal is. We want a knowledge of the word. But too many people, we, we know more of the word. But she just believed a simple word that someone spoke, you're now a supernatural being. You're now born of God. You've now got his spirit in you. So you should begin to expect the supernatural to come out of your life. How easy is that? Can't we expect that? Can't we expect that to be the norm instead of, you know, once in a while, we actually get to see something. I really believe that simple faith uh, and just expecting God to move because He's a moving God. He's a miraculous God. He is a provider. He is a healer. He, he's the one who lifts the downtrodden and lifts them up out of the miry clay, right? That's what he's all about. But how does he do that? He does that through you and through me. If I don't expect him to do that, I don't get that. How many know, like I said earlier, Jesus is the healer, period. Whether, whether I believe that or not, whether I acknowledge that, that to be true doesn't change the fact that he is that. 
But how many know most people, probably most believers, most Christians, do not know Him in that way? What does that mean for them? It simply means He's not going to be, His healing power is not going to be released in their life. Not because He doesn't have it, not because that's not who He is. They just don't know Him that way, therefore they don't expect that to come to pass. This is where, where, where are the limitations in life? They're not put upon us by Him because He has no limitations. But it's simply with us. How do we see Him? Do we expect Him to roll in here when we get together? To roll in here and just, whoa, in a manifest presence way. Oh, the more we do, the more He does. I believe He's waiting we're, so I'm just waiting on the Lord for I'm waiting on that move of God to come in the last days uh, quit waiting so he can stop waiting <laughs> amen because it's not so much that God uh, is waiting for a certain time I really don't believe that I believe that you know he's I believe he can sovereignly do things but a lot of that is he stirs our heart and when we respond to him there he is and he shows up mightily. And you can expect the miraculous to happen in your life. If you haven't seen a miracle yet this week, what are you waiting for? I know that sound, might sound kind of hard, but what, what, I'm just living my life. Quit. <laughs> Start living the life of Jesus. So I didn't know I could. I'm telling you, I'm giving you, giving you, uh, giving you permission. Go ahead. Go ahead and step out. Go ahead and start expecting supernatural things to happen from this night forward. Why not? If you haven't seen things yet, why not start right now? Everybody say it out loud. From tonight on, I will begin to see more miracles, more supernatural things come through my life to help other people. Amen. Amen. Might as well while we're here. <laughs> I mean, we're only here for a while. Only going to be on planet Earth. The Lord may come sooner than we, than we think. Might as well go ahead and step out. Might as, might as well go ahead and make some uh, promises and some declarations that we can't physically back up ourselves. And say, Lord, here we go. Stepping out on your word. I'm stepping out on what you promised. You said the greater works... I would do, and so I'm about to do them. I'm going to work today, and there'll be, a, there'll be at least one miracle at work today. At least one. Couldn't you say that? Could you take that step? Well, I'm not saying telling you to do it that way. I'm saying what's in your heart to do, but I'm saying you could. You know, I'm going, I'm going here this week. I'm going to see it. You know, I'm going on vacation next week. I'm going to see at least one person saved on my vacation. I'm going to see at least two people healed on my vacation. You'll run into someone with at least a headache. Someone will complain somewhere if you just talk to people. And then you've got something to pray about with them. Amen. Why not take steps of faith? <laughs> Glory to God. Oh, he's so good. Anyway. I don't remember how we got off on that. But the Lord wants us to move in the supernatural. He wants to reveal Himself to us 
We can have it. We can have more revelation of him. More than we've ever known before. Look at Hebrews chapter 12 with me. Too many times I think we, we think the way it's always been is the way it's always going to be. And it's only, that's only true if we believe it. <laughs> and if we expect it. I'm telling you, you can take a sharp turn. <laughs> you can stay on the same road or take a sharp turn. And things can be different. Far different than they've been in the past. And it's not because the Lord just decided one day to do it. No, it's because we decided to expect. We decided to take him at his word and, and just not be satisfied with living a natural life. How can I be born of a supernatural God who created the universe, spoke this place into existence, and he lives in me, and he's given me authority, he's given me his name, and he's given me his word, and I'm just going to live a natural life just like everyone else who's not saved except the difference, only difference is I go to go to heaven when I die? I don't think it's supposed to be that way. Thank God for heaven. I mean, yay. But I want to live a supernatural life in the earth today, expecting miracles expecting the miraculous amen praise the lord he's so good hebrews chapter 12 you, will you remember uh last time we were sharing with you towards the end of that message um uh, we were talking about respecting god's ways remember that and we, we read over in first chronicles chapter 13 about uzzah or however you want to pronounce his name. And of course the, the Ark of the Covenant was being transported. But it was being mishandled. They didn't follow the Lord's instructions. Uzzah got the brunt of that deal. And when he reached out to grab it when the oxen tripped. You know he died right there. And uh, it, it, this is important for us to understand. Because we're talking about God's manifest presence. And the presence of God must be handled correctly. Okay, I don't mean where we're walking on eggshells in the presence of God where we might do something wrong. Uh, God has big shoulders and we are under a different covenant than they were under uh, today. Thank God for that. But it's still important for us to see some parallels. Where is the presence of God today? Okay, we know that it's inside of each and every individual believer and corporately inside the body of Christ. How can I mishandle God's presence today? A lot of it has to do with how I handle the body of Christ. Okay? And I really am going against the Lord when I'm going against the church in any way. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ, not just speaking of this, this local church, but this would be one of many. Okay? When I'm going against those who are a part of the body of Christ, those who've been saved, God has made uh, them His dwelling place then I am also mishandling God's presence. And if I want more manifestation of His presence, if I want the glory of God to be increased and manifest in my life, then I cannot be messing with, with some of this stuff. Too many people are playing too many carnal games where they're always, you know, there's too much fussing and bickering and, and backbiting and talking and, and all this stuff. And we need to understand this is the glory of God we're dealing with and the body of Christ is the glory of God and we need to understand the serious nature that when someone is in 
him in his family that, uh, you know, how can I want more of him yet be coming against those whom he's placed his spirit on? That's just really a contradiction. And so just like we see from some of those Old Testament examples when people treated what God did in a common way, in an unholy way, or directly disobeyed Him, there were great consequences. And today we must understand that though we live under grace, under a new covenant, we should still have the same attitude and respect for everything that God does and for every person that God has placed his hand upon. Okay? Say, who is that? Look around. Look around. And you'll see someone that God has placed his hand upon. Say, is it me? It is you. <laughs> if you've received him, then you qualify for this. And I don't want to mess with you. I got to tell you. I'm not messing with you. I'll bless you because I know if I bless you, God blesses me. Remember what he told Abraham? All right? But I don't want to come against you. Because I'm coming against someone who God loves. Someone who God has placed His Spirit upon. Say, what if someone, one of these people whom God has placed His Spirit on, just does wrong, just does things, and they're ugly and mean and cruel, and they lie and they cheat? Well, there have been some of those. But I need to remember in how I deal with them that they're still one of His. Are you listening now? We still must have a respect for what God calls holy, what He calls His. And in doing so, I'm, again, see, th this is key. I'm setting myself up to receive more. I'm setting myself, putting myself in a position to have more of God's manifest presence in my life. Amen. So let's not, as the old, as a, as the old Burger King slogan went, let's not just try to have it our way. Let, let, let's, ha let's have it his way. All right. I'm still trying to get to Hebrews 12. I was going to do that a while ago, but look at verse 14. Hebrews 12, 14. It says, pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. He's writing to believers. What are they told to pursue? Pursue peace and holiness. Pursue it. Would that be applicable for us today? Should you and I be pursuing peace and holiness in life? We should. Someone said, didn't you already teach like in the same series that we are holy? Yeah, <laughs> that's scriptural. Can show you, we can go over that. We are holy, His holy people, a holy nation, okay? We're God's special people. We are holy. But then why does He tell us to pursue holiness, okay? Here's where we must understand the difference between who we are and what we do. And many times there's a disconnect. Not supposed to be a disconnect, but many times there is. You know, there are some sinners who do some good things. You know, there are some righteous people who do some bad things. And you and I have been set apart by Him. We've been made holy, been made righteous in His sight. We belong to Him. But basically what we need to do is align our lives with who we are in Him. And He said, this ought to be one of your pursuits in life. It's holiness. Pursue holiness. And it seems to me in looking at different 
uh, moves of God's Spirit in, in modern times and, and going back, it seemed to me that when God's Spirit moves mightily in a place, and a lot of that's by our moving, but people get convicted of living wrong. Both the sinner crying out to the Lord for salvation and the saved person who's been dabbling. Dabbling in, in the world, been, been, been uh, operating in things they ought not operate in, they become convicted as well, and they want to draw themselves close to God and get things right. We need to understand that the atmosphere and environment that God has free course in is an environment where those who are His are desirous and seeking to be like Him in thought and in action. We are already like Him exactly like him in spirit remember the scripture said as he is so are we in this life in this world okay but in mind in our thoughts and in our actions that's where it should be our pursuit to be holy okay what, what did he say was contingent upon that he said seeing God without this no one will see the Lord is he saying that a person who's been born again but is not living a completely holy life is going to go to hell? That's not what he's saying. If I do something that's unholy, that doesn't negate the blood of Jesus. That doesn't undo the new birth in my life because, I mean, any sin would be considered unholy, right? That doesn't undo who I am in Christ, but I will tell you this, it prohibits me to at least a degree, and I think as we do this, uh, it prohibits me from seeing the Lord. What is our desire? To see Him. I want, as Jesus said, if you'll do what I say, I'll make myself real to you. You'll see clearly. I'll be manifest to you. And if I'm messing around with unholy things, I'm clouding my spiritual eyes so that I cannot clearly and accurately see the Lord I don't want to be like those when God speaks from heaven as he did in the one passage we read and some said uh, you know Jesus recognized it was the father speaking another said it was an angel another person said I think it's going to rain <laughs> they said it they said it, it thundered <laughs> it thundered and so spiritual perception and understanding varies from person to person but some of this is uh, differentiated in our lives by the holiness that we pursue now of course much can be said about that I want you to look at first Thessalonians for another witness on this first Thessalonians chapter 4 much can be said about holiness and what it's not there have been a whole lot of mixed up thinking in church history and a lot of it was uh, a lot of it has been related to uh, how a person dresses, oftentimes usually focused on women and in some circles that if they dress a certain way, they're unholy. If they wear their hair or their makeup a certain way, that was considered to be unholy. That's really not the emphasis in the Bible. Are you listening? It's, it, it's not about the outward. It's about the hidden man of the heart. Okay, it's about the inside of a person being holy. And uh, uh, of course, we know our position is holy. Uh, second, what did I tell you? First Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 7. It says, God did not call us to uncleanness, but 
in holiness. How did the Lord call us? In holiness. We understand that the Lord is holy. That is the nature of who He is. There is nothing uh, dark in Him. There is no defilement, nothing common. It's all holy in here. We, we understand from the Word of God that there are angels that fly around His throne 24-7, even though I don't know that they're operating on our calendar, but you know what I'm saying. And what is, what's their assignment? What's the purpose of their existence? They fly around saying, holy, holy, holy. I don't know if that's directly related to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the three holies, maybe. But can you imagine, that's all you do forever. <laughs> holy. I would guess if we could talk to them, we probably couldn't talk them out of their job. I bet they're so fulfilled and so thrilled. And to imagine, I can go around them again. <laughs> like, let's go again. Maybe every time they go around, they see something new. I don't know. We know God's infinite. He's very multifaceted beyond the comprehension of our minds. But He's holy. And this is what He called us in. Of course, he's not going to, being a holy God, call us to live unholy. But he wants us to live. He's created us just like him, holy beings. He wants us to live just like him. What happens when we do again? We qualify to see. I can see clearly what the Lord wants to do. I see things that the average person, man, they just don't see because they're not looking. And some are just too busy being tied to this world they're not seeking things that are above and it prohibits them from experiencing what the Lord has uh, to offer us listen a holy life is a life that's yielded to a holy God we got to watch out uh, this you all know this this has happened in our culture a lot a lot over the last few decades in our country uh, we accept a whole lot of stuff these days that wasn't accepted years ago and it has become a normal part of our culture and many things today are celebrated and they're a shame it's dark it's very unholy and yet our culture celebrates it yay and is fully accepting of anything and everything that is anti-god <clears throat> And we must recognize and understand that God hasn't changed. We don't become a condemning group. We don't become a group that starts casting stones at everything. But we must maintain a standard. We must not let our, our line keep moving back. Or whichever, you know, moving away from God and into this world where we accept more and more and more. Do we accept people in all conditions? Yes, by the grace of God. But we must not accept and act like all behavior is acceptable. You know, you see some of the uh, news shows and entertainment shows and magazines and, and the, some of these things these days. And so many things... Um, with famous people, movie stars and such, are, are celebrated. Uh, you know, you, for, for example, you see many, um, you'll see many single actresses, and it's celebrated when, when they're showing their baby bump. 
you know, they just make, oh, this person's, this person's about to, and this person just had a child, and no, no thought, and there's not even a second thought given to the fact that, you know, it's illegitimate. Can't even hardly use those type of words, the fact that, that you know, they're doing stuff without, outside of the bonds of marriage. There's no shame involved, and there's, uh, it's celebrated as if, man, this is just the way things are today. This is just the way people do things. Well, we need to understand just because the culture moved doesn't mean God moved. And there needs to be, for those of us who know the truth or are in the word, we love God, make sure your standards aren't moving. Make sure you don't look at stuff and go, oh, isn't that nice? It's not nice. That's not how the Lord looks at things. And we can't be accepting of every kind of behavior and act like it's not a big deal anymore. Look at Ephesians chapter 5. We're, we're pretty close to that. Again, many times these things are just people celebrate them, and it's unholy. And if I'm going to live a holy life in action, it, a lot of that, you know where it begins? With my thinking. Okay? When I see certain things on television, I must go, you know, I don't like that. Instead of, all, you know, everything has that in nowadays. Well, that doesn't make it okay. Just because every show has it. Just because it's more commonplace in the world, just because it's accepted, doesn't mean it's right to be accepted. And this is the balance that, that we have to have as Christians, is we are absolutely graceful and loving with all people, bound up, because a lot of people are bound in these lies, and, and they're suffering as a result. We wrap our arms around them, but we do not accept and act like behavior is okay. You know, it wasn't too long ago when someone, um, you know, when a... Uh, when a, a man and a woman got together that weren't married and she got pregnant, that um, they didn't want people to know. You know, the, the language was used. You don't hear this too much. They had to get married. Well, why did they have to get married? Can't they just be a family? Well, nowadays, that seems more normal, but it wasn't too long ago, and I'm saying too long, not too long ago, that was more in line with Scripture. You know, so, so often, this would, this would happen, and maybe some of you are in this situation. No condemnation. I know many people who were, but instead of having a big, woo, celebrate, big wedding, you know, big white dress, big celebration, you know, uh, prego in the, in the wedding dress. Some of you have a hard time with me even speaking like this, don't you? And everyone, woohoo, everything's great. They would get married in a back room. Not that they didn't have a real commitment and love towards each other. I'm not questioning that. And they, many times they wanted to do things right in the eyes of God, and that's why they did it. They wanted to fix what they've done, but they weren't going to celebrate the way that it happened. And too often today, there's no thought of it. Oh, just celebrate. Everything's good. No, it's not not do we forgive yes will the lord forgive yes but we don't celebrate sin oh did we mention that word that's still a real word sin it's not just a oops mistake <laughs> you know just a lifestyle choice no it's still called sin it still needs to be in the language of believers today amen 
God is a holy God. Ephesians 5, that's where I told you, right? Verse, well, let's read verse 1 since it's real close. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. That's a good word, huh? And walk in love as Christ has also loved us and has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and uncleanness or covetousness, covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. He's not talking, make sure you guys don't do it. He said, don't even let it be named among you. It shouldn't be in the midst of, a, of an assembly of believers where there's fornication happening. But it happens. It's happen, re, happening regularly. It, do we need to define words? People don't use some of those words anymore today. Fornication means sex outside of marriage in a simple definition. Okay? It, that's still in there, isn't it? Well, didn't the Lord know about what, how culture was going to change? Didn't he know about what would happen, how we'd be liberated, how our our minds would be freed, and we could just be accepting of all lifestyles? He's still a holy God, and so he still has standards, and what are we going to do, try to pull him down to our standard, because he's not moving, or are we going to ignore his standard, many do that, or are we going to come up? And say, I know I've thought like the world thinks, and I've been influenced by our culture and our society, but I'm not going to let that go on. I'm going to come up and let his standards rule my thought patterns, rule my decisions. And I want to do things right, because it's more important for me to see him. Hmm. He's too real to me, and he's going to become more and more real to me. More and more. Increase more and more. And so I need to let his standards rule my life. Look, look, at, uh, look at verse 12. You can read all this, of course, but verse 12 says, For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. What's it talking about? It's talking about works of darkness. Shameful to even speak. People are so free today. Just talk about anything. Talk about everything bad that's happening. He said, man... Don't put your, don't give voice to this kind of stuff. Don't let it come out of your mouth. Because, listen, there was a, was, was a time that many things that are said today and joked about today, people wouldn't touch it. Especially in front of others. Like, Man, that's, you're not going to say that, are you? But we've all been affected by this. And we've got to get back to the Word. To the standard of God's Word and I tell you what, if I think if we're in this book more than we're, more than we're in the TV, uh, it's easier to stay with God's standards. But if we're doing the opposite, man, our mind is drifting, and we've begun to accept the way things are in our culture instead of the way things are supposed to be. Listen, Satan can be exposed and should be. His, his ways, his strategies, but it can be done in such a way that doesn't glorify his actions or expose expose the listeners to temptation okay sometimes in we want to expose the devil and expose these sins and and all kinds of video images are used and and graphic explanation of what happens and we've got to watch out that whenever we touch that that kind of stuff whenever we deal with it we don't do it in such a way where he's glorified 
where the enemy is magnified. We want the Lord Jesus to be magnified. And so the exposing of him must be, must be done with precision. And, uh, you know, I encourage people when they have, when they use their own personal testimony in, in winning another person to the Lord or sharing it with the church, don't spend 15 minutes on the problem and 30 seconds on the answer. You know, sometimes you need to go, you need to go over the way things were because it, it, it gives glory to God when, the, when you get to the answer. But we must make sure and not magnify the devil. Okay, yeah, man, I used to party hardy. And, and I almost get, kind of be happy with yourself while you're talking about it. Man, I used to drink myself to the, you know, and, and I used to do this and this and this. And you act like you kind of want to again. <laughs> you act like you're kind of excited about that. We must have a genuine, uh, genuinely despise that kind of life and be really glad that we're free. If you're not free, start despising it now. Are you listening? Say, I hate that. Even if you like it, use your faith against that stuff. I'm not that way. I'm not that way anymore. Amen. Praise God. You know, uh, this is one of, the tr- one of the elementary, I think, foundational truths that gets skipped over in, in many Christians' lives. And that's the reality of who the Lord made us to be. That I'm not in a continual pursuit to be righteous or to be accepted by the Lord or to be even holy as far as my position and my spirit, spiritual place in God. I'm not in a continual pursuit of that. It's a reality. It's a fact in my life. All right. While we're talking about this, I might as well just say this. Um, there's a lot of, uh, of course, attention given to homosexuality today in the media and everywhere we look and 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 there's there's debate in some circles you know whether a person is born a certain way can they be born this way or that way and um, uh, some have this question can someone be a Christian and a homosexual at the same time now watch this There are, and I'm going to explain myself, so just hold on. There are zero homosexual Christians. There aren't any. Let me also say this. There are some Christians, they've genuinely been born again, and they are practicing homosexuality. That's true. I've known some personally. But here's the issue. Who are they? Who are you? If I were, I wouldn't even say this. If I was struggling with alcohol, I would not call myself an alcoholic. I know some of that. I don't mean from a I won't acknowledge it standpoint. And I know the in t- the teaching and instruction out there that said, you know, call yourself a recovering alcoholic from the rest for the rest of your life. Well, I'm not a recovering sinner. I'm, I've been born of him. I'm not talking about someone who won't acknowledge their condition. That's a big problem. But I need to speak of myself. You should speak of yourself in light of how the Lord made you. Okay. And you, you read about this over in uh, 
1 Corinthians 6 or 2 Corinthians 6, one of those, about how, the, how Paul wrote to the church and explained to them how they used to be all these things. One of them was homosexual, homosexuals. He said, but you've been washed and you've been cleansed. And he listed a number of things in that list there. And the, the reality of the fact was he said, you're not these things anymore. You've been cleansed, but some of them were still doing it. You can read in the book because he had to deal with some of those very issues. Some of the people in that church were still acting like that, but yet he did not refer to them as such. Say, what about if I'm struggling with homosexuality? Do not refer to yourself as one. Don't even be entertaining the thought, was I born this way or did I choose to become this way? You're not that way. It's not who you are. If you've received the Lord, you are a new creation in Christ. You've been created in righteousness and true holiness. That's your nature. Now, you've got this temptation and this stuff hanging on and this way of thinking, and that can be dealt with, but it starts, it's, it's beginning to be dealt with just in the recognition of who you are in Christ. Amen. That's the foundation of that. Praise God. Amen. Holiness is what we're supposed to live in. It's how we're supposed to live. It's how we're supposed to see ourselves in accordance with what the Lord created us to be. Amen. Amen. So see yourself as free. So I'm struggling with a temptation, with a sexual temptation well I, I wouldn't talk about that so much not from a not acknowledging a standpoint if you need help and need to talk with someone that can be a, that could be right and appropriate but what we need to do is see ourselves as free regularly acknowledge and remind our remind yourself of who you are in Christ that you are an overcomer you have the victory at all times in every situation you have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. You are victorious in Christ. The greater one lives in you. And through his spirit and his grace, you overcome every temptation that comes against you. You can do it. Yeah, by his grace. And how many know one of the hallmarks of the Lord and the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ in the church is a, is a changed life? Absolutely. If we were to go around the room and look at all we've, we used to be compared to all we are now and where we've come from. Man, we'd, have, we'd be here for a while. We'd be here for a while. But the Lord is glorified in a changed life. But a changed life starts, of course, from the, on the inside through the new birth. But then the practicality of that comes through a renewed mind. Where I start calling things that God calls holy, I call them holy. If he says they're unholy, he says they're profane, I call them unholy. And I call them profane. Amen. Let's, let, let's go back to Hebrews real quick. We'll, we'll probably finish up over here for, for today. Hebrews chapter 12, back to where we were. Thank you, Lord. Hebrews 12 and verse 14 that's the verse we read pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord talking about our eyes open he said looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God 
lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Okay, these are all good points we're not spending time on here, but something we've got to watch for, even in the believer's life, in the, in the Christian's life, you've got to watch out that bitterness doesn't spring up in you. It'll mess you up and a lot of other folks. Okay, don't get bitter. So I'm kind of feeling bad about my life now that you bring all these points out. Uh, quit. Quit. You, you can't feel bad about yourself and still um, walk in, in, in the presence of God. You can't. It doesn't work that way. Because God, it, the, the way that our relationship with God is supposed to work is not He is everything and He is Almighty God and we're just this little, little thing just kind of trying to hold on to His finger as we walk and we feel bad. We can't look at Him because we feel guilty and we're, a, we're you know, a kind of ashamed. And You can't walk with the Lord that way. Who wants to feel that way? Amen. And so the goal in this is not to make people feel bad about their lives. Unless you're living in something, there's going to be guilt. But that can be removed through repentance and receiving the cleansing flood of His blood. Receiving forgiveness of your sin. What's the end result, though? Okay, the feeling bad should be real temporary <laughs> till we get to the place of, Lord, man, I've been, hmm, I repent. I confess my sin. And then He wants to lift your head up high again. Put a smile on your face. Put your shoulders back. New boldness to your walk. You can't be bold in life unless you know how righteous you are. Unless you know that God has made you completely and totally clean. Then you can stand walking side by side. The moment we have a, 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 an awareness of sin and guilt, that's when we go hide in the garden. That's when God has to say, where are you? even though he knows. That's when you hide and uh, make fig leaves and that kind of stuff. Remember, and make little outfits. <laughs> because you feel guilty and you're trying to cover your shame and your guilt. But when you understand how much the Lord loves you, even though he knows everything wrong you've ever done, and he still wants to set you on high, that's when we can walk boldly before our God, come boldly before the throne of grace. All right, look, verse 16, he said, lest there be any fornicator, and we come back to that again, that comes up a lot in the Bible, by the way, and it's one of the things that's really rampant in our society today, no second thought given, but it's still anti-God, even if we don't preach on it all the time, we understand it's still short of God's holy standard, he said, lest there be any fornicator, or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. How would you like to be in the Bible and you're the example of profane? <laughs> profane person like, and then there's your name, <laughs> yikes, <laughs> like Esau. You know the story uh, without going back to read it in Genesis, but Esau came out of the field one day and he was famished. He was hungry, and his brother took advantage of the situation. He said, give me your birthright, and, I will, uh, and I'll give you some of my, my, my food here, my stew, my, the stuff he'd been cooking. And Esau gave in to that. And because he was hungry, 
And we've all been hungry, but he, he was really hungry. We've all been really hungry. But he traded that, something valuable, something precious that was his and his alone, and he gave it to him for some food. God said, that's profane. That, is, that gets into an area where someone has crossed the line. They have gone too far. The, the, the word profane actually comes from a, a word that means crossing a threshold. They've gone too far. And they've treaded on what is holy and treated it as, as unholy. Okay? One definition of profane is showing contempt or irreverence towards God or what is sacred. And God counted that thing as something of value and something holy. And Esau said, man, it doesn't matter. I'm hungry, so I'm willing to give it up. And how many times does that happen? People feel like, man, I need something. I have a strong desire for this. And so they sacrifice what is holy before God to fulfill their temporary need or desire. He said, don't be like that. This is all in the context of pursuing peace and holiness. Do you give up important or eternal things for temporary fulfillment? Life is full of decisions we must make to choose right over wrong. We've all got to do that. And we can't, be, we can't be giving up what's holy to God for a temporary satisfaction or fill. And then at the same time, we're saying, you know, Lord, I want to see you. Lord, I want to know you. I want to, I want to experience you. No, you don't. No, you not really. Maybe at the, minute you, at the moment you do. But this needs to be important to us because it's important to him. He's a holy God. He always will be. And no person is in their best effort going to rise up to his standard of holiness. Don't get me wrong. We're not talking about a person has to achieve and do everything perfectly in their life before they can see the Lord. We know that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and it's by His grace and, 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 and faith in His grace that we have access to Him. But this needs to be our pursuit. Whether you uh, fall and trip up, that's not really the issue. The blood is powerful, and we'll take care of that. But are we pursuing holiness or are we just accepting of every little thing, every uh, new aspect of our culture that is going contrary to the ways of God? We must take a stand. And it's a decision in our hearts. If we blow it, man, don't beat yourself up. Jesus was beat up already. No use both of us being beat up. huh? And we get washed and cleansed, lift our head up high. And then pursue holiness some more. Pursue living just like him. What he calls holy and sacred, I call holy and sacred. What he says is important, I say is important. That's the attitude that we have. We're pursuing him. Amen. Not as if we don't have him. I don't mean it in that, in that sense. I feel like I need to qualify some of these things so we don't go back into a, you know, a, a pre-salvation mindset. No, we're saved. We have him, but... We're pursuing a greater understanding, a greater enlightenment in our eyes, as the Ephesians 1 prayer prays. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Father, thank you today.
Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love that's been poured out in all of our hearts and all of our lives. We do seek to honor you. We do seek to worship you with our lives. May our lives be a living sacrifice. We present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to you, which is our reasonable service. Lord, we offer ourselves to you here now. Father, I do pray for those that you would deal with. Lord, we're not in the business of exposing people, not even for a second. Love covers a multitude of sins. But I pray, Father, that even now that you would deal with those sitting in their seats here tonight that have things they need to talk to you about. Attitudes, mindsets, and even behaviors that are very unholy. And Lord, I thank you now and I ask that you deal with them, draw them back to you in that area so they can receive the forgiveness of their sins. So they can be washed and made whole and made clean. Father, thank you for drawing us all near to the throne of grace where we come boldly before you to obtain mercy to find grace to help in time of need. I know that you love us so. And I know that you're here for us more than we know. We give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor.